Today's daf is daf Samachvav, page 66. And we pick up from the, um, we'll pick up from El Amarava. All right, we're going to start from there, El Amarava, which is the last word, six lines from the top of the page, Ella. And what we're trying to clarify is the following. Rev Yehuda taught us if somebody or a city sends money to the Beis HaMikdash for their half shekel and it's lost or stolen and what happens, they replace it. And now they set aside another half shekel. Zok Rev Yehuda, you know what you do? You use the half shekel as a credit advance, advance credit for the next year. However, says Rabbi Yehuda, when it comes to a carbon, where somebody set aside a carbon, and then you find the original carbon, uh, you set aside a carbon, it gets lost, and then you make a backup, and then the original one gets found, similar to what happens by the half shekel. What do you do with the original one? You let it graze till it dies. Why is it that by the money Rabbi Yehuda allowed us to have advanced credit for the next year, but by the animals, he does not allow it? And particularly, we're looking for explanations for both the bull and the goat. Why Rabbi Yehuda says that the original bull and goat are left to die. That's where we pick up. It's a decree. You know why these animals need to be left to die? Because we're concerned that if we would allow it to be rollover... If we would allow it to be advanced for the next year, uh, something might happen during this year. A takala, terrible thing might be done with these carbonas during the year in Avera. And therefore, we have to make sure that these carbonas aren't around for people to make a mistake with. Now, what's this Avera? Let's explain the time we learned in the Brice. Nowadays... A person should not make an erichin vow. I'm giving my value or somebody's value to the base of mikdash or a cherem, or uh, or make something hektish from hektish v'erich v'echrim. Let's say you did such a thing nowadays. Behema te'aker. If it's an animal that you are makdish, the halacha is te'aker. It should be uprooted. With, now, how do you uproot an animal? What's planted in the ground? You got to tear it out of the ground. You're going to up- take out the root. Tomorrow we'll explain. Peres ksus v'kelim If it's fruit that you made hektish, if it's uh, clothing, vessels, yirkavu, you let it rot. Let's say you was money that you made hektish or something metal. They don't rot. So you transfer the value of that item onto money. And that money... You throw into the Yam HaMelech. So nobody ever gains from it. The Ezehu Ikor. And what's considered the Ikor, the uprooting, that we say you need to do by the animal? You lock a door in front of it, and basically you just leave it inside, and it starves to death. All right? So what do you see from here? We see from this Brisa that if you ever have an animal that you have a concern, somebody might misuse it. For example, nowadays, somebody makes an animal hectic, listen, you know, Halavai Mashiach will be there five minutes later, but if not, 
and somebody else, all this animal is going to do is cause tzaras. People are going to start being, you know, uh, transgressing and using, possibly even using it for their personal benefit. Eh? It's different. You've got to make sure that it dies. So the same thing over here. When it comes to the par and the sa'ir of Yom Kippur, that was found. You find the original. Well, eh, why, why don't you allow it to be rollover minutes? Yeah, why don't we allow it to be advanced credit? There it is. The same concern as this Bryce. All right. Says the Gemara, Takala Demai. What type of Takala, what type of Avera transgression will be done? Itakala de Hakrava, if you're going to say that somebody might, um, you know, take this par and sa'ir and use it in the base Hamikdash instead of using it as the Chatas of Yom Kippur. Afilu Isnami. So then why don't we say every time, you know, very often, there's a halacha that if you have an animal and you don't know what to do with it or a mistake might be made, we say you, you let it graze till it gets a bomb, you transfer the kedusha off of it. All right, we don't say you got you to you know, starve it. Over here, we're saying you got to starve it. So if it's the color of that, so there's no need to starve it to death. Just let it graze. Eat takala, the geese of avaida. And if there's a concern of that a person might come to shear it or work with it, I feel the like Nami, don't you have that concern? Anytime we allow an animal to graze, the concern taka is that you may bring it as a carbon, um, not on Yom Kippur. And the other animals that we say, oh, you let it graze, so they're lav b'nei hakrava. They're not, they're, you know, they're not, they're not capable of being carbonus. So light tarid b'hu. So we say, listen, a person. Doesn't view them as a carbon, so there's less of a concern that a person would actually use it as a carbon. People tend to use things the way that they view them, which is a big, big, humongous message for us in how we uh, perceive others and how we allow others to perceive us. Right? Some people, and at different times, you're you're only willing to even reach out to them if you think they're in the parsha of, of something. They're even capable. If somebody doesn't know that we're capable, then opportunity might never even come our way, and vice versa. Okay? Opportunity comes the way of somebody who others view like they are in that league, in that parsha. Hach, the basakrabahi. And these karbonis, the, the par and the sotir that were set aside to be a karbon khata. So people are going to view them as akrava, and they taka might end up using them, chasvasholam, not at the right time. Taridba, and therefore we say, according to Rabbi Yehuda, let it die. Okay? So bottom line was like this. We had a Shiloh. We, how do we start out today? We wanted to know, why is Rabbi Yehuda saying that the original par or sa'ir that is found, why does it need to be left to die? The answer is, comes along, Rava. It says, Rava Elamar Rava. It's a It's a decree that a person may come to Takala. Says the Gemara, by the way, betakola atzma tanoihi, a takola itself is actually a source of a machlekas tanoim, the tanya chada. One brisa taught us pesach shalai karav, the rishain. If you have a carbon pesach that was not brought in the proper time, okay, on, on, the, uh, on Yudalid Nisan, yikrav b'sheni. So you're allowed to bring it on pesach sheni. You're allowed to wait, uh, you're allowed to wait a month, okay. And what you do is, let's say you set aside animal to be a carbon pesach. We want to make sure that nobody else is makrivit 
and it's got to be. So what do you do? You sell it to somebody who was Tomei and needs to bring it as Pesach Sheni. Yikrav Besheni. Let's say you didn't bring it on Pesach Sheni. So Yikrav Lashon You can wait till the next year. That's why. See, there's no concern. Even though it's set aside as a carbon. Betanyidoch and other devices says, La Yikrav, my love, Betakola, Pligi. Maybe they're arguing about whether you're concerned about it. Takola. Light. The Kuliyama Leichashin and the Takola. The Rebbe of Rabbana Kamiflagi, the Laikasha, Ha Rebbe, the Ha Rabbana. Once following the opinion of Rebbe, and once following the opinion of Rabbana, that maybe, again, we're dealing with maybe the animal was too young, like we learned yesterday, that, um, that, uh, one's gonna, that the Chacham are going to say that by the next year it's going to be too old anyway, and therefore there's no reason to wait. You see, there's Machoikas about Takola. Taka, that is the uh, that is the same machlekes that we have over here with the opinion of Rav trying to explain Rav Yehuda is the machlekes in that brisa period, end of that discussion, and so now we pick up, go back to the we're going to go back into the Mishnayis and continue on, which with the main focus of our perek, which is the avaida of the sa'ir lazazam. Okay, so listen here. This is such a fascinating Mishnah. It's going to take up half the, half the uh, umbud over here. It's going to take us down close to the bottom. All right. Let's, let's wrap our head right now what's going on in the Avaid. So we learned that the Kain Godol, we learned the whole process. He shechted the par, caught the blood, brought it over. Somebody was stirring. He went, what did he do? He sprinkled the blood of the par, we learned how you sprinkle it. And then he went and sprinkled the blood of the goat. We learned how you sprinkled it. He also did it in the Azara. In the, I'm sorry, he also did it in the not the Azara. He sprinkled it again in the Hechal, in the Kaidash. Uh, the, the same method. We learned about how he dabbed the blood onto the Mizbeach Hazov. That whole process, what happens if something goes wrong, the blood spills out. Uh, one, the Lashem dies too early. The Lazazel was pushed off the cliff too early. Okay. But Lamaisa, it's now time for the process of the Soir HaMishtaleach. The, now that he finished the sprinkling of the, and the whole program, we'll call it, of the Soir Lashem, it's now time for the Lazazel. What happened? He now comes back to his beloved Sa'ir Lazazel. Picture the scene. He does smicha, he leans, he puts his body weight on the animal. And he says, the vidoy. The Kachoyoimer, and this is what he would say, Oh no, Hashem, Chotuavu Poshu Lefonecho, Amcho Beis Yisrael. Oh no, Hashem, Kapunolachatom, La Violence, La Peshoim, Shachotu, Vishaovu, Vishaposh Lefonecho, Amcho Beis Yisrael, Kakosabsaris, my Shabdacho, Lemor, Kibayamezechaper, Alechem, Letayer, Eschem, Mikochatoi, Sechem, Lefne Hashem, Titoru. Okay, the Yom Kippur is the day of purification. For all Yahweh's before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's a day we have absolute purity. Yeah, we, we remove all the separations between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Hakoi Hanim, yeah. And the Koi Hanim, the Ba'zara, who are standing in the Azara, what would they say? Kishahayu Shoyimim Shema Mepharish. 
when they were to hear the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as it would exit the mouth of the Kain Gadol, Look at these words. They would bow. We do that. Kairim is to bow on your knees. We don't do that. We don't fully prostrate ourselves on the floor. We do that. Okay, so interestingly, we do two out of the three, right? They had a little, they had a different Avaida in the Beis HaMikdash. Not Avaida, I'm sorry. They had a different bowing. That was done in the Beis HaMikdash. we do now. Nowadays in Shul, we go down on our knees and then we uh, place our heads uh, to the floor with a covering, with a separation. You're not supposed to do that directly onto a stone floor. Um, outside the base of Big Dosh. Back then they did Mishtachava as well. They say, Baruch Shem Kavad Machusai Liyaylam Bohed. Okay? So the Kayin Godol and Gans Kaisa, this is what's going on. When they would hear the Shem Amafayrish, everybody would go down and do Kayrim and Mishtachim and Menayfim Alpnei. Masulini Shayom Aylichai. They would then give the Sohir Amishtaleach to the person who was set aside to walk it to the cliff. Okay? Now, who? Who was set aside to walk it to the cliff? Zok the mission. Hakok Shirim Really? This is so interesting. You didn't need to be a Kohen to walk the Sohir Lazozal to the cliff. Okay? You didn't need to be a kain. A Yisrael could do it. But guess what? But the Gahanim Gedailim made like a rule amongst themselves. They would never allow a Yisrael to, to um, do the Sa'ir Lazazah. All right? Amr of Yaisi. Yaisi says, you should know, there was a story where Arsala. Um, brought the Sa'ir Lazazel to the cliff, the Yisrael Hoya, and he was a Yisrael. Okay? Why is Rabbi Yaisi saying this? Because Rabbi Yaisi is basically saying that it wasn't the type of rule that was never broken. All right? There's a, uh, there, 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 even though it was a rule, it wasn't like a Ma'akiv Dika rule. Okay? Now, the Kavash Asuloi, as the Sa'ir Lazaza was being led from the Beis HaMikdash to the cliff. It was walked over a ramp. Right? Remember, we, we learned about a ramp for the Paraduma, leading from the Beis HaMikdash to, um, to uh, uh, what was the, no, no, uh, Harazesim, right? To the Mount of Olives. That's where they would do the, uh, the Paraduma. That's where they were looking in to the Beis HaMikdash from that location. Over here we say there was another bridge, another ramp that would lead to outside Yerushalayim. Mepnei because of people from Babel. The people from Babel would drive whoever was walking the Tzar Lazaz on the sugar. And therefore we made a bridge to go over them. They shouldn't be able to go on it. They shouldn't mock the guy crazy. People from Bobo um, would um, 
would uh, start tugging on the guy and tell him, you know, uh, get cracking. Yeah, get cracking. We want to, we're basically protecting him. Yeah, we're protecting him that nobody should, uh, should bother him. They wanted the process to move along, right? Why? Because the fast, you know, the sooner we knew we got a, a kapara, yeah, the, the, the happier it was. But we want to get this information faster. Okay. Fine. Fascinating mission. The Kain Gadol did not speak about the Kahanim in particular. Okay, what did we say? What was his? What was the? Uh, what was the words of the Kain Gadol? It says, He doesn't say, "Bnei Aaron Am Manton. So who's the Tana of our Mishnah now? If this is l- l- left out, who's the Tana of our Mishnah? Amar Birmiya, Dlaik Rabbi Yehuda, Dik Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Yishlehem, Kapara, Besar, Mishtalech. Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that the Gahanim did get a Kapara, Besar, Mishtalech, therefore it should have been mentioned. So I'll tell you who it's not. We said, who is it? It ain't Rabbi Yehuda. Abai Amar Abai says, no, if you tell Rabbi Yehuda, Atu Gahanim, La Bechal, Amcha, Yisrael, Dino. What the Gahanim will say? Amcha, Baisis, Ruai. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Are Kahanim Jewish? Yeah. Right? So there's no reason to separate it. Yeah? You want to you wanna hear an Afkamina between, between Rabbi Yirmiya and Abai? Look, look at this. Rabbi Yirmiya says, I'll tell you who it's not. It's not Rabbi Yudah, because Rabbi Yudah says they don't get a Kapara, so we don't mention the Kahanim. What was Abai? Listen closely. Abai says, Am they're also Yisrael. I'm going to tell you, this is the difference between people who get up in shul and make a mishaberach, and they, it takes 10 minutes because they list all 100 people individually by name. Or you could just say, and the ganze mishbuche, right? Every dude are included in the ganze mishbuche. Do you have to mention every single person's name? All right, though, it's a little more covered. The people feel better. You mention every name. Maybe, I don't know. But maybe that's an afkamina erbetin or birmia. And Abayi, Rabbi says, listen, if it's not mentioned, it's not mentioned. Yeah, you, if you want to say it, say it. Abayi says, listen, all you got to do is generalize. If you're included in the generalization, you're Misha Be'erach is Git. Yeah, you don't got to mention each name, particulars. You don't have to mention the God. Okay, beautiful. Bottom line of Samach Baba Morala. Back to the Mishnah. Masul Mishnah Malicha. The Kangavah gave the... Um, the sa'ir la'azozel to the one who would lead it out. Ton rabbar the rabbis learned and so should we. Here we go. Ishla hachshir azar. He would give it to the man. Who's the man? I mean, it refers to any Yisrael, any Jew. E.T., the one who's with me, the one who's set aside. What does that mean? Shahil mezumen. He was established. There was a person who was designated as the sara mishtalech man. E.T. bafil b'shabbos. And E.T. means that it was sent out even on Shabbos. E.T. bafil b'tumah. Iti means even if the Sar Lazazel became Tomei, you were allowed to go ahead and bring that to the cliff. It wasn't in Avoda in the Beis HaMikdash, which, disqu- which Tuma would disqualify. Okay. Now we said Ish, Lahachshir HaSazar. Ish means a non Kohen. Pshita. Yeah, I mean, what's the big Chiddush? Mahudatema Kapara Ksivave says, listen, it says Kapara. Uh, since it says kapara, 
and we know that who was supposed to bring the kapara for Klai Yisrael on Yom Kippur, the Kehanim. So I would say, since it's called the kapara, it's a mamasha, like a regular chelak of the Avaidah, which used to be done by a Kayan, Kamash Therefore, Therefore, Ish lets us know that even a regular Yisrael was permitted. Okay. Then we said, Iti, Rafilu B'Shabbos. Lamai Hopeza. All right? What do you mean that you're going to walk the Sawyer Lazazel even on Shabbos to the cliff? What is the problem? Okay? What is the problem? Now, it doesn't seem like you're carrying it. Rather, what is it? You're walking with it. So what's the issue? That's really what's bothering the Gemara. I mean, what's, what's the deal? The biggest issue you could think of is that you're going outside the Tchum. That's not a problem because over here, the Torah says you bring the Sarah to the cliff. Tchum is only Midra Bon, unless you hold like Rabbi Akiva, which we don't. The Gemara says, Amrav says, You know what this means? This means that if the Sawyer Lazozel happens to have gotten sick, the Ish is permitted to even carry on his shoulders, which is also Midaraisa. Still, you bring the Sawyer Lazozel to the cliff. Come on, who's that like the record of Nusen? You know, it's like, I'll tell you who it's not. Yeah, it's not Reb Nusen. He says that a chai is nice as uh, uh, any live being, as we know. We have an expression called dead weight. Okay? So, um, according to Rev Nussin, this whole Mishnah would not be, this whole Brisa would not be a Chiddush. Because, of course, if chai nice as you're not carrying it, it's really carrying itself. And therefore, it wouldn't be a Chiddush, according to Rev Nussin. So, he can't be the Tana. Says the Gemara, no, not necessarily so. A shiny. Maybe if you have a sick animal, maybe it doesn't carry its own weight, and the taka would be chol shabbos. Maybe that would be. Maybe the tana would be could be Rav Nassim, and this could still uh, and it would still be a chiddush. All right. Bottom line is we don't know for sure who it is, but whoever it is, it could possibly also be Rav Nassim. Amar Raphram, Raphram says zotomeret. You know what else we learn from this Mishnah, this Brisa, Eruv, Bahitzal, the Shabbos, that when it comes to Hilchas Eruv and bring something outside of a domain on Shabbos, um, there's no halacha of Eruv and Eitzah when it comes to Yom Kippur. Okay? Now, in a lot of halachas, Yom Kippur and Shabbos are comparable. Yeah, they go hand in hand. But over here, says Raphram that what I would like to understand from the fact that the Ish is permitted to carry a sick animal on his shoulder is that carrying on Yom Kippur actually is not going to be Aser Midai Raisa. Iti, Vafilu Betuma. Iti, we also said, means even in a state of Tuma, Lamai Okay, why would I think that Tuma would knock off the Sawyer Lazazel, Amar of Sheishas, it's letting us know that if the person, the Ish, uh, who's set aside to walk it to the cliff, if he became Tomei, he's even allowed to go into the Azara to get the Sa'ir Lazazel to walk it outside. All right? Now, how do you see that? Because what did we say in the very beginning of our mission on Samach Vav, Amud Aleph? What did we say? That the Kohen Gadol would hand it over to, this, to the person who was appointed. Well, the Kangadah was inside the Beis HaMikdash. He didn't, right? He was, he, that's where he was doing the Avaida. So, that, it must be that the Sarah Mishtalech, that the Ish, 
who's in charge of Zarmish Aleach, even if he was Tommy, was permitted to enter the Azara in this particular circumstance. Shalos Rabbi Eliezer asked Shaila, searching for information to Rabbi Eliezer. What is the halacha? According to Rav Nassim, yeah, according to Rav Nassim, he said you're allowed to carry a sick animal. He asked Rabbi Eliezer, are you allowed to? If the Sar Lazaza would be too sick to walk to the cliff, Omar lehem yochalu lahakiv ani ve'atem. Okay, he says that. Um, let me tell you something. What your question, this how, uh, is basically uh, how the Mepharshim explain it is, your question is hypothetical. I think that's the word people use. Um, because you should know the Sar Lazoza was always such a gezunte animal that you're, you're asking a question that's not even applicable. So he's, he's not, he didn't answer him straight, basically. He said, what happens if the, the ish Iti, the man, became sick. You let it choose somebody else. You let it switch out. Me and you are, we don't need to be bothered by these questions. Okay? Basically the same answer. The same way the goat was always, uh, you know, healthy, so too the ish was always healthy. healthy. They asked him, what happens if you push the Sir Lazozo now off the cliff and he doesn't die? Mahu shared You go to the bottom of the cliff and kill it. Amar lehem, kain yavdu kol oivecha Hashem. Well, let me tell you something. May all uh, whatever happened to that goat should happen to all of Hashem's enemies. Okay. They say instead of answering like Rabbi Yezer, we're going to give you straight up halachas. Here's the halacha: If the goat is sick, you're allowed to carry it. If the guy becomes sick. You could send somebody else. Let's say you push it off the cliff and it doesn't die. You go down and you kill it at the bottom of the cliff. Okay. Once, we're going to go a little bit of a tangent now, we'll call it. Because once we had these shilas connected to the Sari Lazozo that were asked to Rebbe Yezra and he didn't give clear-cut answers, we're going to give some other examples. Shalos Rebbe Yezra, that's the shaila of Rebbe Yezra. What is, uh, you know, this, this Pliny, this guy, this Yid, is he going to receive Ilam Haba? Omar Lahem, Eliezer said, Laisha Otuni, Ella Al Pliny. You don't ask me about that guy. You mean, you really mean somebody else. Okay? Mahu Lahatil Raya Kibsomenari. What is the halacha when you save a. a um, uh, and a shepherd saves a sheep from a lion. Okay, now think about it. If you have a lion coming at a sheep, that sheep is dead. D E D. Yeah, that sheep's dead. What happens if the shepherd saves it? Here's the question Does it still belong to the original owner? Or do we say, since it was about to be killed, it's like, it's like the owner like, uh, lost his ownership over it? And now whoever saved it gets to keep it. Why are you only asking about a sheep? Okay. Fine. Also, not giving a direct answer. Okay. What about a raya himself? Why are you asking me about, uh, about shepherds alone? Okay. So, 
basically like this. They said, what's the halacha about a sheep? He said, why don't you ask me about a shepherd? They said, okay, what's the halacha about a shepherd? And he says, uh, you know, why don't you ask me about the sheep? Mamzer mahu liyarish. What is halacha? Does a mamzer inherit a father? Bottom line is, he's your kid. Just, you know, Mazana with an ish or whatever it was. Mahu liyave. So he said, why are you only asking about inheritance? Why don't you ask you about whether there's yibum? You know, Yibam goes by the fathers. What if you have a father, and one, the father fathers a child with a married woman, so that child's a mamzer, and then the father fathers a child with an unmarried woman. So these brothers share the same father, but one's a mamzer and one's not. Were they going to do Yibam if one dies without children? Um, they asked him, Mahu lasa What is the halacha of... Um, putting plaster all over one's house. Now Rashi explains, we know that, that there's, an, there's really a halacha, particularly in Eretz Yisrael, whole discussion about outside Eretz Yisrael, but for sure in Eretz Yisrael there's a halacha that a person has to leave over an area of their home, zecher lechorba. Are you allowed to plaster up your whole house? And he said, mahu losed es kivra. What is the halacha about putting plaster on, uh, on one's grave? Okay, you should have asked me that as well. Says the Gemara. Now, the reason why Rebbe Yezer responded with questions in all these stories is not because Rebbe Yezer did not know the answer. That's not why he ignored them. That's not what was going on. The reason why he didn't, the reason why, um, so that's a cliff. Thanks for joining the reason why um, Rabbi Eliezer did not um, respond to them is because he had a rule. If he didn't hear it from his Rebbe, he never said the halacha. He never gave halacha, he never heard from his Rebbe. And therefore, when they asked him a question, he just responded like a good Jew with a diff- different question. It's not because he didn't know how to answer them. He, he had his own opinion, but his own opinion, if he didn't hear from his Rebbe, not directly from, from Sinai, he would, not, uh, he would not share. Okay. Period. All right, let's tell another story concerning Rebbe Eliezer or involving Rebbe Eliezer. All right, we're now a little more than halfway down on Samach Vav, Omud Beis. Shola Ishochachamas Rebbe Eliezer, there was a wise woman who asked Rebbe Eliezer, since the Avera of serving the golden calf. Shavin, everybody agrees that, you know, whoever served it did the same exact transgression. It was the same thing. They were all equal. So why didn't they all die the same way? All right? Now, we know from the Torah, there's drushes made from the Fosset, that after the Chet Ego, so there was, there was three ways that people who were involved in the Chet Ego or didn't stop it, various levels of being involved, um, died. Either by being killed, by the sword, by plague, or by a tightness of the, um, the, the windpipe. The, south, the trachea. Uh, the trachea, right? The trachea. So there were three different ways. So this, there was a wise woman, she asked Jehovah the Ezra, Listen, everybody sinned with the Chet Ego. What's the pshat 
that, you know, bottom line is they all did the same Aver of Avaydazar. Okay? That's really, they served Avaydazar. So why were there different groups uh, in how they were punishment? Omar La, Shabliyazah said to her, He says to her, You can go back to your spindle. You don't need to be spending your time worried about Psukim and Chumash. Yeah? A wise woman is one who spins with their hands. Okay? Now, there's a, the Rishonim over here have a conversation about, the Rishonim have a conversation about whether Hitaka was being direct with her, and he says that really, that really the role of a woman in Kal Yisrael is inside the home. And she doesn't need to be bothering herself. You go ask your husband. You don't need to be bothered. If you want to know what to do, so that's your husband's responsibility to find out what to do. And you, you, do the, you take care of your role of the home. That's some opinions. There's other opinions that say that he was just evading her question. Again, because we said before, he, didn't, he never responded to people if he didn't hear from his Rebbe. And therefore, he always just came up with different you know, res- question. He would respond in a question form. To just to wiggle out as if like, you know, I don't want to answer. Okay. Now, the bottom line is we're sitting there. We're, we're sitting here with a cliffhanger. This woman's asking a good takasha. She got a good question. Rebbe Lezer, for whatever reason, didn't hear from his Rebbe, doesn't want to answer. She says the Gemara, we'll tell you the answer. All right, here we go. Emma, we learned. Now, now for us men, yeah, we're, so, so we got to figure this out. Emma, we learned. Rebbe Velevi. Rebbe and Levi have a Rav Velevi. Rav and Levi have a machlekes. Chadomar one says, "Dibach vekiter b'sayiv." Whoever shechted an animal to the golden calf, or whoever brought ketiris incense to the golden calf, they were all killed by sword. Okay, because that's the punishment for Rabbi Dazar. Your mom is served. Huh? Punishment of Rabbi Dazar is sayiv. They killed by the sword. Zion gifeh v'nishek. If a person says, oh, 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 my beloved uh, golden calf, you're going to take the place of Maisha Rabbeinu, oh, oh, you know, and they just, they showed love towards the golden calf. So they, they had Misa. They, they died with the plague. Yeah, they didn't do anything. Active, actively served by You showed love towards it. It was Baruch who took care of it. Died in a plague. Samach Dovavai. If a person didn't actually serve it, but was like, oh, this is kind of, this is cool. I, li- I like what's going on here. You know, I think we're on to something good, you know. So, Behedrikon. That had the swelling of the windpipe, because really, they didn't say anything, because they were, uh, but inside, they were gone fine with this. They were, they, were, they were totally down with what was going on, so they died, and inside that, something inside uh, swelled up. The Khan Omar and... Um, so that's one opinion. Okay, we all got it. One of them says that the way it was broken down, who was killed by the sword? Actively served by the czar. Who was killed by the plague? A person who d- did an action to the Avay outwardly showed love towards it, but didn't actually serve it. That was by plague. And a person who was just had inner happiness uh, had that uh, Misa of the, the trachea. The Chadam, the other opinion was as follows. Even whoever served the the golden calf with witnesses and warning, they were killed by the sword. They were chayav misa. He warned you not to do this. 
even below Asra Bemisa, people who did it publicly, they served it, but they didn't get a warning. If you do it, you're going to be high of Misa, which probably most, right? So they died by plague. If let's say people did it with no, there was no witnesses, nobody saw them do it, they kind of, uh, you know, did it, uh, I'll, I'll join in, but I'm not going to do it publicly. I'm not going to publicly do it. But the Misa, they served it too. So they died from Madrika. Number of Yudah. If you just said, you know the difference between us and Levium. Yeah? It's still between me and Euclid. Yeah? Uh, Shave it late. Huh? There you go. You know what it was? Shave it late, but did not serve the eagle. And he said, No, Mila Shamela. He said, Who Hashem is to me? Shave it late, joined in. Shave it late, refrained. Hashem Levi joined Moshe Rabbeinu to fight against everybody else. Yosef Rabbeinu became a lot Shmaita. Rabbeinu was sitting and telling over this Shmaita, this teaching. Eisvei b'nei Rapapa bar Abul Rabbeinu. So Rapapa's um, the, the son of Rapapa bar Abba said to Rabbeinu, "Ha'aymer la'avivu le'imai loyre isiv." Yeah, that it says in Vizayis Habracha about Sheva Levi. That he said about his mother and father, he didn't see him. Meaning, he, I, I don't know who these children are, which seems to imply, which uh, the Mepharshim explained, that the, the, not all of Shevet Levi showed up. There were only Shevet Levi showed up, but there still were members of Shevet Levi that didn't. And that's what it means, that even the children of Shevet Levi would say, oh, they had parents who served the, the golden calf too. And the children avenged their parents' Avera. That's what the Pasuk means in Bezai Sabrach, that the children, but that means there were Leviim. If the children were avenging their parents' sins, so that means there were Leviim that took part. The Gemara says, no, what does it mean? Aviv, Avi Imoy Meyisro. You know what it means? They avenged their parents. It doesn't mean that a Levi avenged his father. It would be his mother's father, not from Sheva Levi, because a Levi follows the father. So what does it mean they avenged their parents' Avera? If their mother's father, their grandfather, served the Chet Egel, they went at them too. With the, uh, uh, achiv. What does it mean, brother? Achiv me'ime me'esrael. A half-brother. Okay? A half-brother. Bonov b'nei beiser be'esrael. What does it mean, his children? It means, also, his sons refers to his grandsons. His daughter married outside of Sheva Levi. In other words, we can always manipulate family because since it only follows the, the shevet, follows the, the males. So as long as there's a female switching over the shevet, that's how we're going to understand these sukkah. Okay, beautiful. Let's get um, two more parts of the mission in before, before we get to the bottom. We'll, we'll hold it at uh, the last mission on the page. Here we go. The Kevesh Asula. He said very interestingly, we're learning about the Sar Zaza. Okay, the goat and on Yom Kippur that would get sent away. One went Lashem, another one was sent and pushed off a cliff. Okay? How was it taken sent off the cliff? So what we learned, we learned, no, a different cliff. We learned that they would make a ramp from the base Hamikdash to outside Yerushalayim. Amar Rabbi, Amar Rabbi says, These people weren't from Bavo, but they were from Alexandria, Egypt. But because, you know, the people in Israel, there's competition. They didn't like the people of Bava. 
Yeah? Anybody, kind of like uh, anybody who did what the Israelis didn't like, they were called Babylonians. Hey, you Babylonian. Yeah? I am from France. You're a Babylonian. As long as we don't like what you do. So why didn't we like what these were doing? Because what happened was the, the, these, uh, these other Yidin, they were Nudniks. And when, the, when this person designated to walk the Sar Lazozel out, they'd be like, go, go. They'd pull his hair and go slow, faster, slow. So we called them Bavloyim. Like, you're just annoying. It's an expression of being annoying. Okay. Tani, we learned in Abraisa. Rabbi Yudah says, Rabbi says, Oh, it says, uh, give you a brucha that your, your mind should be calm because my mind is now calm. Now, what does that mean? Because he was from Bavl. So if it would have been the Bavliyim who were bothering this ish, this guy taking, he'd be like, my people! My people are chas v'shol. But now that you explain that, uh, that the only reason why they're called Babylonians is because they were really Egyptians from Alexandria, Egypt. But you're just calling them a Babylonian. You go, okay, so no, fine. You want to use the name Babylonian as a, in a Nunnik type of term? Gesundheit. I don't mind the people. But as long as not my people aren't doing such a thing, uh, you know, it's okay. Fine. What would these Nunniks do? These Nunniks from Alexandria that we called Babylonians. What were they doing to the guy when he would walk out that we needed to make him a special ramp to stay away from them? Right? Make a new highway for him. Get away from these nudniks. Because yeah? they would pull on his hair. They would say, Toil the tzayk, get out of here. Go, go, go to the cliff. Get out of here. Tano, we learned in Abraza. Masha, hey, tzafira, dang. They would say, what's this guy going so slow? Bechayve, dara, sagiyan. When there are so many uh, averis of the generation that are locked up. What do you mean locked up? That are, are closed. We need, to, we need to release them. We got to get rid of all these things. And therefore they're telling you, no, speed up, speed up, get cracking. Their mamas would bother. <laughs> they bother. So in order to keep the crowds of, uh, of people away that didn't know boundaries, they didn't know limits, so we made a special path for this, uh, for this man. You know what? Let's just, to wrap up the daf, we have one more line um, and we have one more minute. So let's just start the next mission to completely finish the daf and we'll restart the mission tomorrow. There were a lot of that actually walked with this designated person as he set out on his trip to the cliff. Okay? They would, they would set, they would, uh, they were, they were, I'm sorry? Okay. You should know there were 10 rest stops, 10 sukkahs, 10 resting, 10, you know, 10 sukkahs, mamish, that were set up between. Yerushalayim and this cliff that were meant for stopping points, okay? And you know the distance that he would walk was Tishim Ris. It was 90 Ris. Shiva Umechza Lakol Mil. And there's seven and a half Ris for each Mil. All right? So basically, there was a total of, we'll call it uh, 12 Mil that this fellow, that this, this uh, Ish, would have to walk from Yerushalayim all the way to the cliff. And on the way, there were, um, how many, how many uh, sukkahs did we say? Ten. ten. There, were ten there were ten sukkahs, okay? So you have 12 mil, ten sukkahs. You're dealing with uh, uh, probably each mil is a little less than a mile. A similar word, but each mil is a little less than a mile. Um, which was quite, quite a ways, you know, but they, they, they had a resting point for a, a little less than each mile and, or so 
that he would that he would uh, rest. And Bezram uh, tomorrow, we're in the middle of the Mishnah here. The Mishnah, um, you know, the Mishnah is going to take us to about a third of the way down, and we'll explain what happened inside each booth as he got to the rest stop. What exactly was that process? Bezram will pick up from here tomorrow night at the same time, hopefully in a different place. Hopefully, we'll be in Yerushalayim to be uh, to be seen. We'll keep davening. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.